0: Hey there, and welcome to Courageous Radiance Podcast. My name is Brittany, and this is an Anchored Wives Prayer Day 29, doing 31 days, so just a couple more days left of reading Psalm 119. There's 176 verses, of which today we're reading verses 161 to 165. So we're almost there. And the purpose of these 31 days was to draw us near to God. And doing that in prayer, instead of the anxieties or the pressures or anger, whatever we were filled with in our marriages, taking that to the Lord instead of the feet of our husband. And it's in prayer that the Lord, more than none, will shine the light on our own heart. <clears throat> and issues within us. And that's been my experience, at least. And I pray that in a positive way, that this has not just been a fulfillment of you praying intentionally for your husband and for your marriage, but I pray that this has been a closeness that you have felt to the Lord, that he truly cares about you and that he loves you because, friend, he does more than anything. So um, we're going to read 161 to 165 in Psalm 119. Princes have persecuted me without cause, but my heart fears only your word. I rejoice over your promise like one who finds vast treasure. I hate and abhor falsehood. But I love your instruction. I praise you seven times a day for you, for your righteous judgments. Abundant peace belongs to those who love your instruction. Nothing makes them stumble. I was immediately thinking of David when I was reading this, King David. And not that this, I mean, just like us, he's, he was a man. He was flawed, jacked up, and I'm sure he could have a Netflix drama You know when if you would read his life, but yet God still called him a man after His own heart. So when I think of how easily we can be swayed into the things of this world, but yet and in the middle of persecution, you know, as that verse sixty one says, princes have persecuted me without cause. I mean, David's own children, like Absalom, and like they were after David. Saul, King Saul, whom he followed, was trying to literally kill him. And yet he didn't dishonor him. You know, that would have been a perfect opportunity amongst those who were following David to be like, yeah, man, Saul, he sucks and he's this horrible person. He didn't do that. And it really convicted me um, in the Lord and, and led me to prayer and, and repentance of some things that I've said recently <clears throat> and um, just some things that we've been exposed to, my husband and I, and just some different people. And, and I don't know, it, it was just, you know how you are disappointed in someone and then you speak ill of them, not in trying to be mean, per se, but judging them. And I was wrong in that. And I was I was reading specifically in Matthew 6, and I was like, wow, this, so regardless of what they're doing, even on paper, if this isn't right, or honoring to God, at this very moment, I'm not honoring God. At this very moment, we're not praying for these people. We're begetting dishonor. So yeah, as I was reading this, I was thinking of not only repenting for for my own wrongs, but I was just thinking of how much, again, not that he was perfect at all, but I was thinking of how David was honoring in spite of situations where he could have you know inflamed it more for the dishonor of someone again like King Saul but his heart was right with the Lord and even if you think about if you first um, Samuel I was reading um, this is when the um he was anointing David. He came and Jesse was David's father and he had all these great stature brothers. And Jesse was like here, here's my sons. And of course he just started with the oldest and but Eli you know, God was like, Nope. <laughs> not him. And he just kept going through all of his sons. So seven sons later, you know, here comes David, who was out tending in the fields and and almost the, air quote, least of them. Yet, I love here what God says. And this is uh, 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or his stature, because I have rejected him. This is when he was, when Samuel was first looking at Eliab. This is the oldest son. And then that's why he's saying, I've rejected him because I have rejected him. Humans do not see what the Lord sees for humans. See what is visible, but the Lord sees the heart. Then, you know, Jesse called, um, his next son and it just kept going on until the very end, you know, at the end, God, God told Samuel, uh, this is verse 10, the Lord hasn't chosen any of these Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, he answered, but right now he's tending the sheep. Samuel told Jesse, send for him. We won't sit down to eat until he gets here. So I just thought that was just crazy that, you know, his own father was just like, like, if you know you got somebody, a whole priest here to anoint the next king. Like, wouldn't you like line up everybody, like even a dog? Like, wouldn't you line up anything that is in your household? He didn't even think about David. And that's his father. (laughs) So I was just like, wow, God truly does. As I was just reading these verses, 161 and 165, and just the uprightness, you know, how God saw David's heart then and how God saw David through his own personal wickedness and his own failures And, but at his heart, he was devoted to God. So when I was thinking of this verse 163, I hate and abhor falsehood, but I love your instruction. That really, it just, again, King David just fell on my heart on that. Like he was so upright with the Lord and loved the Lord's instructions. But specifically where I wanted to pray was 165. Abundant peace belongs to those who love your instruction. Again, there's that love of your instruction. Nothing makes them stumble. Nothing. If you're thinking about, praying about the heart of your husband, even your own heart, what, in honesty, because the Lord knows, what is he exposing as things that are making you stumble? So I confessed, you know, something that the Holy Spirit brought is an obvious flagrant um, flagrancy in my behavior. And I think that needs to be a regular practice in our everyday life, minute by minute, hour by hour, opening up our hearts. Our husbands just being constantly turned to the Lord, almost like litmus testing every decision, every word, every action, not just in the optics, because as we read, the optics of the world are different. But how is God looking at the core level, the heart level of of this decision? And I want that abundant peace for you. I want it for me. I want it for my husband. I want it for your household. But in order to walk that out, we've got to love his instructions so much that it overtakes every fiber of our thought life. No substitutional peace. You know, those are all lies and mirages. And, you know, Jesus, I think about Matthew, on the podcast, we were doing Matthew 5 through the Sermon on the Mount for, for over the summer. But um, if you flip over one to Matthew 6, also Jesus teaching, and he talks about that love of money. Um, <clears throat> can't love, you know, two masters can't serve God and money talks about the treasures of our heart. Um, and it's around about, let me look. I think it's Matthew 21. Matthew 6. Yeah, verse um, verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. But yeah, verse 21, Where your treasure is, there your heart will also be so it's like this this exposure of these false treasures that we have it's it's idolatry really at its at its core it's not that the money is the issue or or the things necessarily the possessions of so some verses prior Jesus talks about not just storing up possessions here on, here in, in in your earthly life but to store up in in the eternal life in in heaven that won't rot or be taken over by moth and decay. And this is a constant process for us to filter our decisions as well as our husband because... I remember John Ortberg talks about that with... That you're either... Like, there's no, like, gray. There's no, like, stagnancy in our Christian walk, in our the walk as disciples. There's no middle ground. It's either you're going in one direction or you're going in the other. Or in the cases uh, Galatians 5, we'll talk about you're either in the spirit or you're in the flesh, but not both. So I just wonder what makes, is making us stumble. And it, and it really will take the reviving power of the Holy Spirit to bring that to life, to light. And are you willing to adjust the things that he tells you. Are you willing? Are you going to be obedient? We talked about that yesterday. Is obedience going to be what you're known by? So let's pray. Let's pray that we don't coddle and welcome or excuse the things that make us stumble. And I talked about this in a story, Instagram story yesterday that in I couldn't remember exactly where I'm like I knew it was Romans, but Romans it was Romans three. I looked at it afterwards and Romans three verse four and it says, you know, even like let God let man be a liar, all men be liar, and God be true. So to that, as you're doing this filtering process of your thought life, or as your husband is filtering and thinking through things, not letting The stamp of approval be, well, this is what this person does, or this is what this church does, or this is what this pastor says, or this is what the Pope says. This is what, I mean, not letting all men, that's all 99.9999, 100% of men be a liar. But Paul says, let God be true because he's immutable. He's the all king, the unchanging one, not us. We're jacked up. And let his approval take over our life, take over all of our thought patterns. And I pray that our husbands filter every single decision through the hands of God. Dear God, thank you so much for not being impressed with all of our antics and all of our backflips and things that we do in the flesh trying to impress others, trying to impress you, trying to look for fulfillment, looking for status, looking for worth, value, or even just trying to run the same race as somebody else, God. Please shut it down. God, you say that that you're that you're gonna exalt the humble, but humble the proud. God help us to be on the exaltation end. Help us to be, Help us to seek lifestyles, quiet lifestyles, as Thessalonians talks about. Help us help us to be known for that, Father God. Help us to not fill our lives with things that are, are idolatry and, and they're causing us to stumble. And it's clouding our lives, working against the spirit of peace that you're trying to restore, that you're trying to give us, Father God. Help our husbands to be honoring of you and seeking and loving your instructions so much, Father God, that this is what they're known for. They're not known for their jobs. They're not known for their great business practice. They're not known for their gifts and their talents. They're not known for their name, but they're known as servants of you. Paul began so many of his letters saying, I, Paul, a servant. God, is this the heart of our husband? Help us to seek servanthood, and diving to the bottom, knowing that our reward is with you. In Jesus' name, amen.